When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi everyone, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but actually I'm absolutely not fucking fine because one of the things that has been my superpower, my safety net, my raison d'etre, the only thing that kept me sane, reading is proving to be extremely difficult and challenging at the moment. And it's taken me so long to get through a book that I would have sort of skipped through, Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson, which is great if I could remember who the people were, what they were doing. At one point, I found myself last night going, have I actually read any of this book before? And It's got slightly sinister overtones this whole thing hasn't it yes all i want for christmas can't remember is... anything oh my god also isn't it meant to be one of the boons of getting old it's just you're allowed to read all day yes fuck i don't have to go and play tennis i could literally just read you're gonna have to take up golf okay i wish you hadn't said that anyway so i'm absolutely fucking stressing out of my mind how are you well i'm annabelle and i'm absolutely fine but i have a nipple problem <laughs> she <laughs> Uh, I tell you why. I, I'm at the moment, I'm going through a, a phase, it's probably going to last about a week, of wearing tight jumpers, tight sweaters. Sweater. Sweater weather. It's sweater weather. Sweater weather. And sometimes I wear baggy clothes a lot because uh, I feel like a lump a lot. But also because it's very effortful for me to wear tight clothes because my boobs, regular listeners of this podcast will know, are very, very big. Um, so when I wear a tight jumper, it's a very extreme look. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that. I mean, you look sensational, but I, I know what you mean. But it is, it is one, it's wondrous. Well, I don't know, but it is, it, it is what it is. <laughs> but the thing is, is it's quite cold at the moment. <laughs> and if you have really big boobs, you don't wear sort of t-shirt bras in the same way. Your bras aren't padded. There's no thickness to the fabric. You don't want to add another half an inch to your already, you know, extraordinary silhouette. So there are nipples everywhere. <laughs> also, if they slightly rearrange themselves, my breasts, which they do often, and one goes up and one goes down, then I feel like I've got a squint, you know, no point yes, in. like one of those people with a wandering eye. Different directions. But I don't like my nipples sticking out. It feels obscene. It feels wrong. I don't want to free the nipple. It is quite distracting, I have to say. Since you've told me about it, now I can't stop looking at oh. your nipples. And we're in your Victorian house, so, you know, there's some nipple action. My Victorian leaking house. Yes, the nipples are not leaking happily. Or at least, not yet. Um, but I don't know. I mean, am I, me- am I meant to stick, like, Band-Aids on them? I mean, that's a ball ache. Any, any advice? I bet there are some sort of, you know, Gen Z kids who've developed brilliant, like, nipple stickers that are kind of... No, because they want to free the nipple. Oh, yeah, that's Whereas true. Gen X, or in my case, I want my nipples to say safe, <laughs> obscure, unseen, nothing to see here. Jail the nipple. Yes, exactly. Imprison the nipple. So if anyone's got any ideas, you know, you guys are so good at ideas. We put something on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. We just put up a, a grid post that said, let's start a thread of random advice. No specific topic, just great advice. So we had... I mean, what, 750 or something of you giving us 
little gems. So we thought we'd pick some out and share them. Yeah, because they're completely wonderful. Yeah. I mean, Victoria Jones Tinsley said, nothing good comes from a drink that you have to set on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. She's so right. True. Do you remember the, the flaming Zambuca years? I do remember those. Never but not disgusting. Disgusting, burny, awful headaches. And if the a next man day. wanted to buy you, if a date wanted to buy you a flaming Zambuca, you knew that he was a wrong one. He might as well have said, trust me. It was oh, a massive exactly. red flag. Or I'm a very spiritual person. Or I'm a very complicated person. <laughs> or I'm a very loyal person. Or I'm just looking for... What is it? I don't, I don't take life too seriously. Oh, it's my worst. I know. You're really triggered by yeah, that, aren't don't you? don't take life too seriously. I think it allows someone to just completely walk away from any responsibility. Bastards. Yeah, absolutely. Under the pretense of being, like, fun guy. Yeah, uh, fun guy. What a fun guy. And then from our friend Daisy Buchanan, she just said, never drink free drinks if they're blue. I mean, again, excellent advice. I mean, I'm not sure I believe in paying for blue drinks either, but... I feel like when I was at university, there used to be dustbins full of different (laughs) coloured drinks that you would, like, scoop a plastic cup full of. I'm sure they were sometimes blue, and it wasn't a particularly happy time, personally. (laughs) I know, there's nothing like a sort of blue tongue and kind of blue lips and blue kind of, you know, and, and also just wandering around feeling completely blue the next day. Yeah, it's like you're wearing your soul on your tongue. Oh, (laughs) Which is a really... Disgusting. Now, our friend Marcia Kilgore, who set up the brilliant beauty pie, which we love, also gave some great advice, which was never put anything in an email that you wouldn't want published on the front page of the New York Times. Now, that gives you pause for thought, doesn't it? It does. And actually, I do think that that is true. It is really difficult to... It is really tempting to write a furiously brilliant email, but I think... Probably better never and to do it. And improbable though it may seem, listeners, that anything you or we write could ever end up on the front page of the New York Times. You just never know. <laughs> to your point, another midult commented and said, whatever you're going through, however mad or angry you feel, always leave 24 hours until you respond. This is from someone who's called Midlife Migration, who I think sensationally travels around the world in her camper van. But don't let that put you off. <laughs> <laughs> but that's absolutely true. I mean, we all, we're so triggered and you want to do a knee-jerk, you know, lit up from within by your own fury and righteous indignation, write something amazing that's going to floor them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because you'll probably wake up the next day and think, oh, it doesn't really matter. Also, it is amazing how much 24 hours can make you feel a bit meh about situations. Meh. I feel like that could be about shopping and almost anything. Yeah, no, I agree. Boys, whatever, girls. Give it a day. Yeah, give it a day, see what happens. There's quite a lot of very sensible advice, and I mean that in a sexy way rather than sensible in a kind of comfortable shoes or whatever, or readable, all those sort of criticisms that seem really sort of, you know, mean because actually, isn't it? Don't you want to be comfortable, sensible, and also readable? Is um, never from Judy in Northern Ireland, who I think we think runs a lifestyle blog called French Grey. She says, never make a big life decision when you are too happy or too sad. Always make a decision from a balanced perspective. I mean, I'm glad that Judy experiences balanced perspectives <laughs> yes, exactly. often in her life. But it, it, it oh. is. A, yes, because when you're too happy, you're joyfully deranged. And when you're too sad, you're miserably deranged. So try not to act out on that. Yeah, there's a lot about acting out. It's interesting, actually. I think that we are obviously in a period of our existence where because of the roller coaster of emotions, it is important to try and find a kind of peaceful pause. Yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. Helen Ward commented, again, very sensibly, 
sometimes you just have to write the day off. Oh, God, yes. I did that yesterday, didn't I? Yes, you did. Um, you just, you know, you, there's lots out there saying don't let one person's 10 seconds ruin your entire day. It's one sixty-four thousandth of the day or whatever. Obviously, that math is fucked. But uh, sometimes you just have to go, mm, it's, it's, it's not going to happen today. I'm going to just, you know, go off and do something else instead. Yeah, it's all those sort of, you know, when we've talked about it before on the podcast about, you know, attack the day like a shark. Shark doesn't take the day off or Beyonce only has 24 hours in the day. You know, you've got the same time as she does, etc. But sometimes, I'm sorry, but your shark, your inner Beyonce or whatever just needs to go, no one, no, this one is just like a non-starter. Yeah, it's true. And it's kinder, isn't it? To yourself. Yeah. Well, in my and case, to, to everyone around me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but there's also um, another good piece of advice from London Life, which I think is sort of in the same keeping, which is that plan B often works out better than plan A. You learn that, don't you? Yeah. You get fixated on plan A, devastated by the idea it might be plan B. And in the end, you think, thank God, often with relationships. Yes. Yes, exactly. The surprise. Or even sometimes careers. Yep. Sometimes even, I don't know, people who put offers down on homes or whatever, or things that they thought that they really, really wanted and it fell through and they were devastated. And actually, in the end, there was either something better or different around the corner. Yeah, better or different. I mean, it's leaving the, it's leaving the door open for better or different, I suppose, isn't yes. it? It's like you're, it's leaving the door open for possibility, or um, which is always your favourite. The power of possibility is something that I do believe in. And uh, I'm not sure I believe in that much. Um, I do believe uh, that what Alison Fish commented is true because she says, immediately leave every job interview where someone says, we're like one big happy family. <laughs> yes, Alison, we completely agree. I mean, we completely, they, they'll, they'll, they'll kill you. They'll suck your soul out through your nose and that will be the end of you. <laughs> It'll be so much organised fun, you won't be able to like know who you are anymore well, organized dysfunction actually as well yeah putting the fun into corporate dysfunction yes exactly and like your family they will kind of you know call you at all hours of the day expect you to give 150 percent without giving you back 150 percent yes never trust a family that says we're like one big happy family <laughs> yeah exactly and they're lying too speaking of families there are a couple of pieces of advice people have posted from their dads there's a completely genius one from someone called sophie Lindsay, who only discovered this at her father's funeral when someone told her that he had said and actually, this is very good for any of you, poor you, if you're ever forced to go camping. Like, Emily, you had to go camping once last year and you yeah. couldn't stand up for about two weeks afterwards, no. sleeping on the ground. And Sophie Lindsay's dad had said, when sleeping on the ground, do not forget to dig a hole for your hip bone. That is actually genius. Yeah, it is genius. But I also enjoy um, Ho Street Market's dad, who in all seriousness told her, this is not a joke, never trust a man called Tim. <laughs> I honestly there's such a story there there's probably a like um, a mini movie there I want to know what happened what happened to Ho Street Market's dad yes with someone called Tim yes massive massive sort of red flag I mean send us your Tim stories good or bad defend the Tims if you if you feel the need to defend the Tims exactly it might be it might be you know you're in praise of tiny Tim who knows it is tis the season after all other good advice from our lovely friend Laura Slater, never take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Why do we always hand over power to people who we wouldn't trust to change a light bulb? I don't know. There's something vulnerable making about being in front of someone that you don't really like or trust that opens you up to hear the bad stuff. And then it some seeps into your emotional pores and then it stays there and it keeps you awake at three in the morning and you act on it. And it's it's never good. This is very much something to keep front of mind. Yeah. You know, why would I listen to you? Jill Hewitt has said, 
if someone insults you or is unkind to you, ask them to explain themselves and then ask them to explain themselves again. And she says it works very, very well with passive aggressives who are just being plain mean. And I like that. I like, oh, what do you, how interesting. What do you mean by that? Sorry, sorry, I still don't get it. What exactly are you saying? I mean, it's devastating. It's absolutely brilliant. Jill Hewitt, you're a savage. You're a badass, Jill Hewitt. <laughs> exactly. Let's hope we all have the same amount of hours in the day as Jill Hewitt does. Another badass is Sam, who says, <laughs> always use the bigger bowl than you think you need for salad or baking or sauce or whatever. Just use the bigger bowl. And there are lots of howls on the thread going, I wish I would learn this. I'm always pouring things from one bowl into a bigger bowl. Always. doesn't matter if the bowl's too big for the salad or the cake mix. If it's too small, it's a pain in the ass. What is the logic of picking up the smaller bowl? Is it somewhere that we just think, well, it'll either take up less space or it'll be quicker to wash up? Like, yes. what do you think yeah. the logic is? Because I totally agree I do it. Well, with me, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's usually because if it's the smaller bowl, it's it, in the nest of bowls, it comes first. Okay, so You have to shuffle things around. Yes. And yeah, then it's space in the dishwasher. Yeah, I know. My goodness. I know, maybe we should just all have big bowls, throw out all the small bowls. Well, I've got some big bowls right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Okay, to my um, my howl, my primal howl of my absolutely fine this morning, um, earlier, I mean, you don't have to finish books you're not enjoying, says Louisa. Yeah, I really believe this. When people go, oh, I just have to somehow get through the rest of this book that I'm hating. I'm like, there are more brilliant books in the world than you'll ever have time to read. Yeah. it's not. A, it shouldn't be a duty. No. Put it down. Put it down. Yeah. Most of us are really on Kindle now. You're not even wasting paper. No, exactly. You can just go, okay, enough. That's yeah. it. Done. And I don't mean that about Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson, because it is great. It's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> of course I am. Well, if you think you're the problem, you're tired. And if you think everyone else is the problem, then you're hungry. This comes from <laughs> Emma Scott Child, who said, if you hate everyone, you're hungry. If you think everyone hates you, you're tired. Quite good to remember that. What happens if you're hungry and tired, which is a state that I find myself in most of the time? Then you'll be mostly alone. <laughs> All by myself at Christmas. Um, okay, so um, cleaning hacks have never really been my vibe. However, I was absolutely stunned by DJ Lady, and I haven't tested this, so we don't know, but she says the water you cook potatoes in is fabulous for cleaning carpets. Obviously, it's a starch issue. But I don't know yes, why that must that's be. that's all I can tell you. It's a start. I love that you were stunned by that. What was it about that that stunned you so profoundly? Well, one, I want to know how anyone found that out. You know, it's a bit like that the, the meme going around about who tested the mushrooms to work out which ones were good, yes, which ones exactly. were gastro, which ones this were psychedelic. This one killed Brian. <laughs> Poor Brian. This one was delicious and this one made me see God for a week. So who kind of boiled potato water and then kept it and then... And then used it to clean carpets. Well, probably in like a Hampton Court kitchen. It's the sort of thing you, that Lucy Worsley talks about, doesn't she? I love all that stuff. How did they ever find out that, you know, vinegar did this and, you know, the blood of a newborn mouse did that? And it was all quite witchy and experimental, but I bet it was sparkling. <laughs> bet it was. Anyway, so there you go, guys. For red wine carpet stains, I can't guarantee that this is going to, this is true, but... Keep the potato starch water. No, just keep the potato water. Yes, keep the potato water. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest. The tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big, overwhelming worries that can flood our nights. Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying, I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but 
specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing. But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed, so I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midult. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash midult. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. And, uh, and seeing as it's the 22nd of December, Laura Marsh has offered a little tip where she said, when you take down your Christmas tree, which is like the ultimate emptying the dishwasher, isn't it? It is just, it's, it's a horror show, really, taking down your Christmas tree. Wrap your Christmas lights around a cardboard tube when you're done with them. She says, future you will thank you. Future you will thank you. Yeah, yeah, the moment I see a tangle in the Christmas lights, I have a massive crisis and I start to sweat and it all becomes a, an, an absolute horror. I am always, this is the time of year when I start really freaking out about whether or not I have enough lights. Lights, lights! Three in the morning I wake up going, do I need more lights? Do I need more lights? Will there be more lights? Do you think you need more lights? I, I just ordered some more. Oh, you did? I did, I did. That's very unlike you. It's really unlike me. Normally, normally I go, yeah. I will just do well. But I'm seeking abundance in my life, Annabelle. So... A bit like Camilla Carrie Elwes's advice, don't save anything for best. Come oh, on. I really believe in that. And I tell everyone you shouldn't save everything for best because it's an act of self-loathing. And I save everything for best. I mean, you know, sitting here in my tight jumper, I'm thinking, oh, no, maybe I'll stretch it. It should go back in its plastic bag to, to, to protect it from moths and never be worn again. It does I'm look saving ex- it for best. It does look extremely nice, oh, I have to tell you. It's so nice to me. The, and the last piece of advice that I want to talk about is an old favourite, but it's from Maria, who we think Maria might be from Dublin. Her handle is Maria Dublin. So, <laughs> Which is either from Dublin or it's her surname, but yes. anyway. But Maria says, never look anyone in the eyes while eating a banana. <laughs> Honestly, if you looked someone in the eyes while eating a banana wearing that jumper, we'd be in big trouble. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it really is. It's, tr- it's troublemaking, uh, isn't it? It's like, imme- it's like immediately going into imp mode and thinking, right, I'm just going to light little fires everywhere. I'm just going to make trouble in a really cowardly way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that thing that you do, Em. Yes. Where you, um, <laughs> this is you being impish, impish, where you leave the fridge door open when you wander around the kitchen knowing perfectly well it drives me and your husband. <laughs> like, like start staring mad as we watch the cold pour, pour out. It's like a benign naughtiness. It's like saying to someone when they say, oh, you know, I just bought this, this new dress and shows you a picture of it on the website. And you go, hmm. I mean, I think that's terrifying. And then they go, so well, what do you think? And you go, oh, I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sure it'll be great. I know, it's like when I ordered, I ordered I've ordered, ordered a shirt um, for my Christmas present from With Nothing Underneath, which is a great brand. And I encourage you to check it out at some point. And I said to Annabelle, she, Annabelle said to me, oh, so what colour did you order? And I said, white. And I'm beginning to get, feel a little bit sweaty and feverish about it. And then she said, and I said, monogrammed. And she said, oh, where's the monogram? And I said, uh, you know, at the front. And she went, 
I'm sure it'll be great. And I immediately thought, oh my God, I got the wrong colour, the wrong monogram, the wrong everything. Anyway. No, I have full faith in your in your shirt. It's quite impish to finish the milk in your own house. Not if you live alone. <laughs> but if you are the only one that buys the milk and there are other people who live in the house that drink the milk, sometimes maybe you should just finish the fucking milk. Finish the fucking milk. I feel like this is the mantra that we should take through the next 10 days, actually. Yeah. When everybody's locked up with sort of the crazy people and they are finishing the milk left, right and centre or at least attempting to, do it yourself. Sometimes it's your turn to finish the milk. Yes. No, imp mode. I mean, there's a lot about modes, isn't there? Yes, because according to the Oxford University Press, which publishes the Oxford English Dictionary, the word of the year is... It's actually not a word. The phrase of the year is goblin mode. So goblin mode, you'll immediately understand, I'm sure, is a sort of slang term which is used in the to basically to explain a type of behaviour which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy, typically, and I'm reading now from the definition, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Goblin mode. Goblin mode. So it's like Gollum mode as well. It's exactly. Just crawl around, do what you want and don't care what anybody thinks. Exactly. And lie there underneath kind of, you know, your filthy duvet watching... Um... Porn. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Wednesday or the Harry and Meghan documentary or whatever oh, is yes. sort of disgusting and filthy yes. and kind of while eating kind of crisps, all the things you wouldn't want to eat in bed. Or at least you wouldn't want to leave in a bed that someone else is going to get into. Or you wouldn't want to be seen if you went, and num, 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 num with your crisps. <laughs> exactly. So God is thinking about all, well, all the other modes that we could find ourselves in this Christmas, which are literally many, myriad, including... Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be mostly in donkey mode this Christmas. <laughs> Tell me what donkey well, mode Well, I decided that donkey mode means you're going to have to drag me absolutely anywhere you want me to go. I give you permission to drag me, but be under no illusions, you will be doing the dragging. You'll be doing the work. I will, I will you know, I'll be, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be a dead weight. It's going to be hard work. So good luck with that. Donkey mode, mule mode. Mule mode, there, there she goes. She will not be moved, but she will. You well, can no, try. I mean, I will be moved if you have the strength and enthusiasm to move me. My God, that's exhausting. I'm probably going to be in centaur mode. Yes. So my hair will be great, no greys. My skin is looking fantastic at the moment. Thank you, oestrogen. Thank you, uh, skinceuticals. Thank you, whatever it is, that all the magic that's going on. Um, You've even had a manicure. I've got a manicure. But what lies beneath? That's the thing about the centaur. So human on the top, as in fully functioning human, and then underneath hairy, horsey, hooves, actual hooves, actual stinky animal. (laughs) You're a stinking animal. There you go. Centaur mode. Initially, I thought that, you know, it might sound magnificent, but no, it's basically hiding the uh, the, the, The horror. horror. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Underneath. I think maybe um, considering I'm only going to have the energy to be in donkey mode, I might also go into Passag mode. Oh, because I'm, I'm not very good at passag. I'm usually just sort of aggy, but passive-aggressive mode. Where You know, I, I found a new word which is really good for passive aggression. Okay. And I've got a couple of friends, says in quotation marks, <laughs> that use it. Yeah. And it means that when um, you ask someone something, they just reply, sure. Oh, that's actually just given me, like, shivers. I mean, imagine if someone asked you after sex if you had a good time and you went, sure. <laughs> 
God, it's the worst thing I've ever... This For someone as people-pleasing as me, this sure is really, 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 really yeah. stressful. Yeah. Do you want to grab a cup of coffee sometime? Yeah, sure. Basically, I hate you. <laughs> it totally is. I hate you and I never, never darken my door again. I know. The other thing, the other one that's quite good as well is, wow. Wow. So when someone says, do you like my new boots? You just say, wow. Or, now that's a pair of boots. It's a bit like saying... Now that's a baby. <laughs> no really one really funny. needs to know what you think. No, passive aggressive. I don't like going for walks with people very much. I much prefer it by myself. So I think I'm just going to say, um, when someone says, do you want to go for a walk? I think I'm just going to say, rather than, oh, well, I've got to do the washing up. Or, oh, I'm just going to say, I will respectfully decline. Oh, that's good. That's not passive aggressive. Isn't it? No, I don't think so. It's a bit. Okay. It's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of Dickensian and weird. <laughs> It'd be so brilliant if you could hand them a letter saying... Yes, exactly. <laughs> Annabelle Rufkin respectfully declines on uh, for secret reasons. It's a, it's a bit like a doctor's note for swimming. Can yes. I get a doctor's note for going for afternoon walks with people over Christmas? I think sure is going to be very useful and much to use this Christmas. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, what are you thinking? Whatever. I don't care. Sure. I know. We'll baffle people, won't it? Well, it's very wrong-footing. I don't yeah, even know yeah, how you yeah. say that. Okay, what about... When we, and we'll probably have to use all of our greatest powers at this point, go into witchy mode. Yeah, I'm more and more interested in witchy mode, <clears throat> where it's sort of, you know, looking for signs, having a feeling in your bones, just, you know, listening to the knowing. Listening and um, the knowing. <clears throat> ignoring the constant thrum of information coming at you from every screen and every person and just, just going, well, you know, I'm just going to be a little bit fucking medieval today. I think seeing signs is quite an interesting thing when you suddenly sort of have the time to kind of look beyond and go, oh, I've heard that from three people. I wonder if that's a thing. Or do you know what I mean? Like the idea that we sort of, or maybe I should watch this because this has come at me from three different angles. Maybe worth having a look at something. Three different angles through a screen. (laughs) That is different. Do you remember on newspapers, they always used to say, Three times and it's a trend. Yes, they did. Yes. I mean, listeners, if you read a piece about trends, someone has told that writer something or that editor something three times. If you can find three examples, then that's fine. Then, well, then your idea works. That was always so true. That was always the rule. I mean, I tell you a mode that I, that I think is, is, is always quite fun to see. I did this to you the other day. Is when you see someone in euphoria mode. Yes. Um, when they're just deranged with, well, they're just sort of deranged. And, and it, you, do you remember you skipped through the door and said, I feel fantastic about everything. And it usually happens just before a sort of semi-catastrophic nervous breakdown. You're really highly attuned to this, Annabelle. Well, I rarely experience any kind of euphoria. <laughs> but I can, I can usually tell the difference between happiness and, 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 and desperation, actually. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, yes. I think that there'll probably be a lot of... The other mode that I'm sure that we'll all slip into is battery-operated mode. Yeah. You know, when you feel like you're at the point of the break or the day or whatever it is where you've lost your soul. Yeah, your you soul have, is you, gone. Yeah, you, someone could just remote control you. <laughs> you could also be called lobotomy mode, couldn't it? Yeah, you basically no longer have the equipment to care. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and parallel to that, an alternative, that would be a kind, of, a kind of short circuit mode where nothing makes sense anymore, but fuck it, you don't care. Fuck it, you don't care. I know, short circuiting is definitely, you know, it's a sort of like emotional burnout, isn't it? Short circuiting. Every time I look at the Christmas tree lights, I think, are they going to set the house on fire? Do Christmas tree lights still do that? I know, because when we were kids, if one bulb went on Christmas tree lights... Then, you know, the whole lot went and everyone, you know, dads were always screwing them on and screwing them off. And then Christmas tree lights are much less stressful, but can they still burn the house down? I know my vibe with Christmas tree lights is that they are, feel like they're more coated and sort of, 
less exposed somehow they've got a sort of like plastic thing over the top of them that means that it's not like sort of practically a burning flame can you imagine the stress <laughs> of when when it used to be actual candles on trees lighting fuck. it fuck i mean how anybody slept in the victorian ages i if i ever have the energy to light a candle i will inevitably come down from bed at least once to check i've blown it out i ran a bath the other day and lit a candle and then I went downstairs and did 25 other things and when I came upstairs the candle was still burning I can't believe I literally left it for like two hours I know do not leave unattended they say oh it's so stressful yes and the unattended Christmas tree is 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 stressful (laughs) for all sorts of reasons the burning down the cat um you know Christmas trees I mean maybe we should try and reclaim the Christmas tree for ourselves make it a mid-alt tree Exactly. Put some things on it, hang little tiny things off it, metaphorically or literally, that will make our lives easier. Like a tiny, sparkly, magical portal to another realm? <laughs> like, exactly like okay, that. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I don't care what realm. Not Narnia, because it's too cold and I've got this nipple issue. <laughs> <laughs> Can you Maybe the Maldives? The fawns would be fawning. Yeah, they would. Um, or they'd be fainting. <laughs> um, but I, I, um, I think also it's a magical portal for only one person. There's going to be a time during Christmas when so you need to get away from every other fucker yeah. sitting around that tree. <clears throat> there could be many of these. So lots of people can have a magical portal, but yours yeah. is just for you. Yeah. I watched an episode of, uh, of uh, the Gilmore Girls the other day and um, the matriarch in the family had bought a panic room, but it was just for one person. Yes. So it was basically like a panic cupboard. Yes. And it was very, very funny. Yes. Because um, everybody was like, well, there's only room for you. And she was like, and your point is what? Exactly. <laughs> this is the space I need to panic in. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and another thing that we should have hanging off the tree at arm's reach Almost all the time, tweezers. You need tweezers always at arm's reach, wherever you are in life, because it is so frustrating when you can't deal with a situation. Everybody is now stroking their chins meaningfully. Yes, I mean, I would like... I mean, actually, tweezers might work for this. But I was thinking that really we just need a a small weapon. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, yes, we're not encouraging anybody to actually hurt anyone, but should well, you find yourself... really <laughs> hurt them. I might just kick them into touch. And listen, just a small weapon. I mean, in the kitchen at Christmas, you might as well be juggling with knives and boiling oil and for all the dangers that lurk within. So I'm just talking about just a little weapon when you need to defend yourself. Yeah. And if you won't let me have a weapon, then I demand spells. Oh, what are your spells going to be for? Well, I haven't got that far yet. I mean, so if I can't have a weapon to, that, will, that will not leave a mark but might appropriately stun someone, then maybe I could have spells that are like, they're individually packaged, like little soluble painkillers. And um, maybe they could send someone to sleep. Ooh. Not forever. No. Well, probably not forever. Just just for a little bit. Or render, render a mother-in-law mute or something, you know? <laughs> I know. Or maybe render someone incapable of giving anything but approval. Yes. Yes, or instantly regulate your body temperature. But speaking of approval, that makes me think about the tree because a friend of mine had this terrifying thing years ago called a Douglas fir. And it looked like a normal, slightly shitty little plastic tree, but it had a motion sensor. And when you walked past it, it went, hello, I'm Douglas fir. And then it started singing. It was really awful and fr- funny, but awful and frightening. It got you every time. Yeah. But imagine if there, was a, if there was a motion-triggered compliment reflex on the tree. So when you walked anywhere near it, it would say... You're doing really well. You look really hot. Nice earrings, by the way. 
for example. I like your nipples. I don't know. You're an absolute saint. You're an absolute sensation. Yeah, that's all we need to be told. I wouldn't do us any harm. No, wouldn't do anyone fine. any harm. All right. You know, Christmas, the season of joy and goodwill, it's putting more love out into the world. I'd like that. Okay, very good. What about, what about some crystals? As in healing energetic crystals? Yeah. I mean, at this point, why the fuck not? We're in witchy mode. We'll take what we can get. Give me some rose quartz to make me feel loved. Give me some jade for wealth. Yeah, jade does. Oh, what's the one that does... Um, there's one, there's a red one called Jasper that, that's supposed to support you during times of stress. Oh my God, can you imagine if everybody came around and all you had on your Christmas tree was Jasper? Let's <laughs> do it! Basically, I created a huge kind of force field. It's a therapy tree. It's a therapy tree. Yeah. This is what we're creating, therapy trees. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Anything uh, else we need on it? Uh, I think just um, if we started with a portal, a magical portal to take us to another realm... We could end with a vortex <laughs> to howl into <laughs> the Christmas howl of the unappreciated. And you would somehow sort of place it over. You wouldn't have to go anywhere. And you could scream your lungs out. No one would hear. I mean, if they heard, they clearly wouldn't care. But they wouldn't hear anyway. And there, there you'd be, yeah. sort of relieved temporarily of the kind of burden of the sort of ignored. Yeah, well, just the burden of life. Yes, Exactly. The burden of life. So you could, you'd be all screamed out and ready to have the tiny bottle of, I want to say tequila, but I'm going to say rescue remedy <laughs> that's hanging on the tree. If you had tequila, maybe people wouldn't like it. But uh, we give you permission to drink the entire bottle of rescue remedy in one go, even though I'm sure that we're not allowed legally to say that. Absolutely sure that we're not allowed to say that, along with the injuries that we're inflicting with a small weapon. Oh, it's only a tiny weapon. <laughs> For goodness so she sake. Says. Anyway, see, this is where we're at and where we're sure you're at. You want a kind of weapon-filled tree that gives you compliments like you're an absolute sensation, because you are. And we wish you a very, very happy everything and a merry always. And we will see you next year. See you next year. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily Whitmeekin of The Mid-Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. Hi, my name is Kay Adams and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.